everybody and welcome to the World Toppers podcast. I am Cheyenne and I am here with my co-host Alfonsina, as well as returning special guest Rob Santos from the Inking Out Loud podcast. Yay! Oh, yeah. Hello everyone! Very warm welcome Hello. to Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me back again. Yes. I'm glad we get to record this one. Today we will be discussing the Mistborn novella Secret History. Due to the nature of this book, to be perfectly honest, we cannot avoid spoilers for all of the Cosmere, so this is your spoiler warning. <laughs> to date, the latest book released has been Rhythm of War, so we will be talking about spoilers all the way from Elantris to there. We are not talking about the Stormlight Archive 5 prologue or the Secret Projects. I want to oh, talk no, more about the Hoyt Take it away, because we, we, we did just talk about Hoyt. Keep going. There is so much. His first impression when he meets Kelsier and realizes who he is. And it's amazing. It's the tone and the atmosphere of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and this is straight creepy. He's not being wit. He's not being a random beggar. This is Hoyd being Hoyd, which we don't get very often. It is Hoyd being. Spoken again as an inkspring. He is being. Hmm. Being needlessly obtuse. I love the scene of Hoyt meeting Kelsier. Being a rat. <laughs> which is obviously hilarious. And how is it that when Kelsier tried to touch Hoyt's soul for the second time when he was in disguise on the street, he got that numbing feeling that shot through his whole arm. And then Hoyt looked directly at him despite the fact they were in separate realms of existence. What is it that... Uh, I don't know. There's so much there to unpack. Because Hoyt is very different than anyone else. He's oh, yeah. been around for a long time. Hoyt used to be a dodge art. He has his own things with memory and storing them. And he knows a lot about the Cosmere. And his body has definitely been changed by everything he's been through. He heals. He can't survive his head being chopped mm. off. And, well, whatever else we don't know yet. Do you remember the way that, that Hoyt presents himself? Talking about that. Because Kelsier says, oh, yeah. who are you? And the man... Like Hoyt answers, I, I am a drifter, a miscreant. Was that pronounced properly? Miscreant? Yeah, close enough. Miscreant, yeah. Miscreant. But pay attention to this. The flame's last breath, made of smoke as it, at its passing. And here it's the debate between is he being poetic or playing the pick nice guy? Yeah. Or is he talking about Cosmere stuff? So the flame last yeah. breath. And then Kelsier says, that's needlessly obtuse. Well, I'm that too. That mostly, if I'm <laughs> honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that bit of self-awareness. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like floating up above a dead body. I mean, I remember that when I read this, I was like, no, I don't understand, but I need to keep reading. And I probably don't understand this because I am a Spanish speaker and I'm failing with my English. But then I went and read this again. Nope. And it was exactly what I read and I imagined, like, a guy swifting above a dead body. What, what the on earth is well, You're right there with us. You yeah. are right there with us. That is not a translation thing. It is a Hoyt being infuriating thing. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. and he calls him Spanky. <laughs> Spanky, the corpse, yeah. Yeah. I want theories about Spanky being an important character. There would that be. Would be really funny. Oh, come on. Spanky is the stick 2.0. Spanky the, the stick. Yeah, I was just going to make a reference to the stick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm going mm. to do this in honor to our frequent guest, Cal, Kalurs. Maybe Spanky okay. is Ishik. 
<laughs> so this one is for I you. Don't I don't mean, think we'll ever find out, honestly. I, I hope it's it's not because I we don't want Spunky or Ishik to be disrespected. Yeah. The... No, this is a meme thing of the podcast because Ishik is... Of the Pure Lake? Ishik of the Pure Lake. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, okay. Ishik, uh, Kal loves Ishik so much because he, he really liked the, I don't know, concept of the character. But he's always joking about him being like uh, like Alan Alcium is clearly Ishik at the end of the, of the story so this is a good moment to put Ishik on the bingo card <laughs> of the episode yeah uh let's see here the way Hoyt talks about the shards mm-hmm. which I find really interesting mm-hmm. it's one of the first times we hear about this this book is really a diamond mine of information there's also here a funny shenanigan exchange of words between Hoyt and Kelsier, in which Hoyt says, Yes, nothing to be done. You are indeed stuck with that face. By manifesting those same features on this side, you show that even your soul is resigned to you always looking one, sorry, like one ugly son of a, and then it ends. Bastard. And yeah, yeah, I mean, me. <laughs> I love how he's being the wit, the king's wit in there, but at the same time dropping some very important pieces of information. He's talking about the cognitive representation that you have of yourself and how that connects with what you look like. So basically what we have been discussing before, like Kelsier thought of himself inside of his essence, in his mind essence, as what yeah. he looked like. That's why he showed up like that in the cognitive realm. We can always get into this debate, which doesn't have to be very long of, is this actually Kelsier? But how do cognitive shadows work? Is it a copy? Is it the actual personality? Etc. Etc. It's a m- image of that personality. The personality, like the spirit web, is kind of like the mold, and then the power is like a liquid metal that you pour in there, and it takes the power. From what I understand it, it takes the shape of that person, mm-hmm. um, but it's just the power mimicking that person. The memory of that person, or that person's mind. It's not actually that person's soul, though. And that's what the debate is. Is it actually the person? So this is a like, huge debate Brandon said he could never solve. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there'd be a lot of uh, implications there about the, the spiritual realm and, and the beyond, if there's a distinction at all there. I think I am okay I can, with can, this being a mystery or a metaphysical discussion forever in the Cosmere. Because in, in real life, I mean, for philosophy to make sense... It doesn't have to make sense in a complete way. It needs to still have a question, at least one. Yeah. So. Or else it would just be science. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I like that writers decide to say this is going to be a philosophical mystery in this fictional world that I'm creating because I think that's realistic. Yeah, like the Wheel of Time. I remember the first time that I asked Che, hey Che, so what's the Wheel of Time? Is that like a legendary magic item or is that a place? And she mm. was like, no, the Wheel of Time is. And I was like, yeah, is what? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, this idea with the power uh, in, in cognitive shadows, I think this is something I talked about, I touched on during Shadows of Self or, or perhaps Bands of Mourning when we recorded then. Because mm-hmm. I think Vin has a cognitive shadow hanging around, despite the fact that she only held the power for hours. Uh, I think because she picked up the entirety of the Shard of Preservation, mm-hmm. that Shard remembers her. That Shard has some sort of Vin imprint, however faint, the one that Waxillium says he can sometimes swear he sees in the mists, you know, the stature of a small woman 
watching him. Uh, I think there's a cognitive shadow of Vin somewhere around. So Vin did pass to the beyond. She did pass into the beyond, but the power remembers. But then again, what it's, does that go towards my distinction between a cognitive shadow and the power? Yeah, that's oh, there's so much to unravel there. I love that. Your theory reminds me a bit of Tanavast because the Stormfather's Tanavast's cognitive shadow, and we have no idea how that really mm. works. Like Brandon has shown all these terms, but I think everybody's still very confused about it. Yeah, I think that yeah. in the case of Tanavast, the Stormfather let itself or himself diverge a little bit from what Tanava's cognitive shadow was. And from what it originally was, it allowed itself to become something different. It's not like Basher or Kelsier or The Returned or The Heralds that they just keep being what they were. Messed up as they are, but being the same. Mm. And then on the other side, we have a completely yeah. different interaction with Chris and Naj, which I also love. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh-huh. everything is so big and so philosophical and so cosmetic and so dramatic and so ah, higher stakes and then something more earthy. <laughs> like a yeah. couple of guys, a very D&D encounter, by the way, just walking alone, a guy finding this party of explorers and they being like, hey, what are you up to? And him being like, no, what are you up to? And yeah, chatting. Oh, that was lovely. Yeah, seeing Kelsier and Chris the, and, and Naj just having to have a face-to-face or getting to have a face-to-face there would be so exciting for anybody who's like following the Cosmere as a whole Yay. and knows who these characters are. But also the, the, the context of that discussion, the fact that we it was exactly this might fan, play in, a little more into the idea of being interpreted as fan servicey. <laughs> we get to see yes. Kelsier, that moment where he has his mind blown, where Chrysala is just like, you know what? You, you, don't, you don't even know. And she just lays into him with boom after boom after boom constant revelations they talk about the 16 shards and the rest of the cosmos and the planet everything really she even looks at him and smiles and she's like two of them created this world survivor it's like oh yeah that hits so hard (laughs) yeah and i love that we get a glimpse of the dynamic between nash and um and chris you don't get that yeah no you only get those Tiny, very nanometric pieces of writing on writings on the on the arts, on the pieces of arts on the Stormlight Archive, in which he's kind of sassy. He's complaining, yeah. He's kind yeah, I love that word nanometric. That's the second time you've used that. I've never heard that, but I love that word. I'm going to definitely start <laughs> using that word more talking about these books. <laughs> it's Naj and Chris finally out there. A, we needed uh, to get a hint that Naj was a Threnodite. Let me see that in his cursing. The use of shadows, and Chris yeah. immediately introduces herself uh, like I'm Chris Alla from Taldane, which mm-hmm. I didn't remember from the first time I read. So I, yes, I had no idea she mentioned that. Yeah, that whole encounter was gold. That entire encounter was gold, and that knife. What is it with that knife that Naj gives to Kelsier, who loses it immediately after? Not immediately, but following. No, that, but like, it's it's important that knife. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be there somewhere, just sitting there somewhere in the expanse between where Kelsier was journeying. Was it a silver just, knife, like a I knife that? I would not be surprised if, if it's it, silver. I don't know if it was mentioned, but I would not surprise me if it was. Yeah. I I don't I, know if it mentioned that it looks silvery like, but I always thought that oh, since he's from Threnody, maybe he's got a silver knife in order to be able to cut through the the shades. Whose eyes turn color when they're about to attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love yeah. those creatures. They are great D and D enemies to, <laughs> oh, yeah. to steal <laughs> and use. Yeah. Still on Kelsier though, because you know, obviously Kelsier's involved in this entire thing. I I want to talk about his manifesting fire 
mm-hmm. in the cognitive realm there. Because oh. I never had stopped to consider the peculiarity of him manifesting fire in this particular sub-astral. It might just reflect my ignorance on the mechanics involved, but I don't know. He, he doesn't just find a, a fire in the physical and bring it through. He finds an old, abandoned, but stolid, you know, family community fire, and he interprets its memory of being fire, and then he brings it through to burn again. It's a, it's a distinction I hadn't picked up on until this read. He doesn't transport that fire. He just doesn't manifest an existing fire. He makes it. It specifically says he makes it from a memory of the fire. And I had just... I was hadn't considered the peculiarity of that before. What do we make of that? It kind of reminds me of soul casting. See, there is that, but like, I, I, I don't want to implicate anything like soul casting, but it definitely came to mind. I, I just want to know: is this an ability? I want. To, I wish I could ask us, Brandon, um, that anyone who manages to stay in the cognitive realm long enough, like, could they accomplish it? Or is it related to his expanded soul, thanks to the Well of Ascension? Or is it a mixture of the two? Like, it might be more likely that the expansion of the by the Well of Ascension led to him being there for much longer than normal, and then he could do that. I don't know. It's also very different to what the sprint do on the ships yeah. in the cognitive realm, because they they are directly manifesting what's in the physical realm, so that's different. The other thing it reminded me of mm-hmm. is what Shai from Emperor <coughs> Soul does. Uh, she sees and changes the memories yes. of yeah, different yeah. objects for her forgery. Yeah. What is it about the memory of that object or what kind of memory that people have of that object that gives Kelsier the ability because he couldn't have done this I think it's pretty it's spelled out pretty clearly he couldn't have done this with just any old fire that burned for half a day and was put out this is because it was a community fire that a lot of people identified with I don't know if I want to throw a capital on that identify there uh, or connected to but there's something there and I just want to know what it is about Kelsier that makes him able to do that or is it just a manifestation of the fact that he's been in the cognitive realm long enough to do something like this I don't know, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. There is so much to unpack in this book, both explicitly and not. Here we get the explanation of the shattering, and, and I'm not sure how much is canonized in this book, but, I mean, transferred over from WAP canon to book canon. Yeah, when 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 he's going to find Chris, we just talked about him finding Chris in Naj on yes. that little island there. Right before that, there was a little thing. Now, this is probably just me casting a really wide net. There's a name that comes up that we'd never heard before, as far as I know. And Kelsier is just thinking about it. The ribbon of preservation's essence curling past him and leading onto the island like a mythical string showing the way home from the grand maze of Ishathon. Ishathon. Mm. What? I looked it up on the copper mind, and it only okay. says this. A mythical location spoken of in stories of Scadrial. There was said to be a great maze at Ishanthon, and in stories the string was used to find a way out. This is very much a story of Theseus in Greek mythology. Mm. Yes, it's, it it's the only thing there is. It's only that particular chapter. Yeah, so interesting. I have never read that name before, or ever again. I don't know what it is, but I definitely recognize the parallels to yeah. real life. Yeah, but now. I have never read this on any other Cosmere book before or after Secret History. It's like one time mention thing so at the arcanum unbounded release the questioner says uh keltier talks about the myths that seem Mm -hmm. similar to ours about a grand the grand maze of ishanthon which seems parallel to the labyrinth and brandon answers there are certain things from being a student of folklore i know about certain myths that show up multiple times in different cultures and i know how frequently Mm -hmm. myths show up in different cultures so i'll frequently add cosmere versions of these myths knowing that different cultures in our world have spawned them independently feeling it's likely that they would spawn on world in the Cosmere too. 
So when you see a Cinderella myth, if I ever use it, which is the single most common myth throughout cultures, I'm not saying, oh, someone's been to Earth and found Cinderella. I'm saying people have developed this myth independently. But yes, uh, that is coming from my folklore background. I think this feels like something that he put and dropped in there because of those reasons that he mentions on the web. And he thinks to himself, yeah, I could use this. Like he has that on the folder of his computer called, I was about to curse, sorry, stuff I can use (laughs) in case I need to create a connection with something big from a small little detail. Like you you had the, the earring, the earring that Bin has during the whole book. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that you could find in that folder. And the Black Fisher and so many of those are in there. Huh. Like he's dropping them around and, and thinking to himself, well, I could or could not use this in the future. We'll see. These are resources that yeah. I'm leaving for future random. Um, so yeah, that feels like that. Would like, not surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. It could come out that this is Theseus and the Labyrinth immediately stood out to me because I just recently read Percy Jackson. So I have it like in the in between for when I finish chapters of Shadow of the Torture for that Mm. week. And the show is coming out uh, Mm. next year and it's fun. It's had been ages since I reread that series. uh, A lighter thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but maces, maces are cool. And this is a nice reference to how like to Greek mythology, so I think, uh, and they are, they are a very important part of, like, fantasy, so I really like that he decided to throw that out there. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about the sun in the cognitive, that big old glowing lamp in the sky. Yeah, because that's the same I... way it's described in the Stormlight Archive, and and the, yeah. the same way that you see it drawn on the symbol for Shasna's chapters and for Shalan chapters on the Way of Kings before she gets the pattern symbol. So, yeah! Mm. Oh, and I think in the cover of Rhythm of War we see it too, because I have two covers in my head. One, the the Ukrainian or Hungary cover that portrays Shalan like as if you were watching her back and she has her face to a side and in front of her there's this huge landscape of Shadesmar and the sun and the streaks of lines. Oh, so not the US cover, but there are several other covers that use it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the same because it's a plane. <laughs> It's not a three-dimensional yeah. space. Well, here's the thing. I wondered. I kept having the question. I knew. I'm, I'm sure a lot of others had the question too. Mm-hmm. Anyone who picked up on it, I was wondering: Is this just the same sun? Of course, for all of the worlds, are they all looking at the same thing in the same sense that I'm looking at the same moon that both of you hope. are, despite the fact that you're in Colombia and Argentina? Mm-hmm. But uh, we answered this. I think we got the answer here, um, and I didn't realize it until re- this read. What now, is the answer? I, I could be missing something. So check this out. Uh, Kelsier, when he starts leaving to go on his ultimate journey to the Iree, when he really leaves behind Scadriel, he thinks about how he's very bummed about the fact that he couldn't at least see the sun again, that the sun stayed behind, because he wanted to see it again after Ruin had been in it for so long, covering the sky. He gets far enough away that he starts to feel his connection with Scadriel start to tug him, but he keeps going and going, and he purposefully l- l- like he laments the fact that he's left the sun behind. Mm-hmm. So it's not following him between worlds. I'm thinking this might mean that each world will have its own cognitive sun yeah that does make sense each system will have its own sun if they all were looking at the same one surely he would be able to see it as he goes between systems but he specifically laments the fact that he has to leave that sun behind Mm. 
mm-hmm. he never got to see it, you know, leaving ruin behind. So, makes sense, right? Uh, the Cosmere is several solar systems. Right, or exactly. Like, there's this metaphor that's like, oh, hey, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was pre- preservation put it forward saying the spiritual realm is where the light originates, the physical is where it pools, and the cognitive is the space in between. Could this simply just be the way that it's a spiritual is manifested in the cognitive because that's how the minds of people remember or have any memory of the spiritual. They just think of it as this, I don't know, sun for lack of a better term. This is amazing. Something there. But we got a little more info. I just, I hadn't really considered, I hadn't picked up on the fact until now, despite the fact this is definitely not my first, second or third read Mm. that yeah, he left that sun behind. And so that kind of gives us some bit of an answer. Yeah. You know what? I mean, there's a lot of instances in here in which we see Kelsiro wanting or longing for such small pleasures related to the experience of being alive. Stuff like he wanted a drink. He wanted to watch the sun. He wanted to feel the flowers. And like, man wants to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, the drive is definitely there. Also, on that space in between, this, again, I really briefly touched on this earlier, but he's leaving behind Scadrial. There's these plants that are just arrived, they're just sprouting out of the ground there, but then they those fade, and they become, if I remember correctly, like, statues or sculptures of, of like, black glass rock figures that are, like, ten feet tall in the shape of people or distorted somehow. What was going on there? Yeah, that's like... So, you know the Irie are selfish. Uh, they're Elantrian. They are. But... Couldn't it yeah. just couldn't they like just be on the border between both Sebastians? Because the obsidian does remind me of Shadesmark, but also right. why the statues? Why these ten foot tall humanoid figures that they form naturally, right? Hmm. I'm trying to think of the Selish or Scadrian connection there, and I can't save maybe Colos being that tall and being no. disfigured humans, but that's a very, very tenuous. Then Fadis a lot. There. That the solar system is just like Filled with the door. It's like it's not completely exact. That's how Sebastrol. Yeah, and it's rampant there in the cognitive. So, because he would have been ripped apart by it. Exactly. What is this? I don't know. I'm very confused. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even and see. There's a hint of like, that. lots yeah. of theorizing, but I have nothing concrete really. This would represent just the vastness of space, in the physical. So why these figures of? I don't know. It's interesting though. It is. Hmm. Another of the things yeah. that you would probably find in that mysterious folders of stuff I can use in the future to create a huge reveal effect. The statue's actually what is she's body or something yeah. like that. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. Oh man, think about how well that how well protected that particular folder must be on Sanderson's computer, how well backed up it must be, <laughs> you know. I wonder how many different locations that exist and how what, what <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, looking at the stuff. map of Shadesmar in Roshar, that, in, like, it's in the way of kings. It has the expanses that are the different Sebastials. It mentions uh, the nexuses between the different Sebastials of Cell and Gadriel. Like, I don't know. Well, but there has to be a connection here somehow because it's reminding me of too many things not to. With the nexuses, though, there's something there with the truth callers and particularly... Oh, sorry, not the truth callers. The else callers yes. and the light weavers. Because one is called the nexus of truth, which is very much involved in the light weavers, and they can go into shades more. The other is the nexus of imagination. And every time we see the else caller soul casting, Yasna, she has her, she has her eyes closed. Oh, so... Man. 
We have the Nexus of Transition next to the Reshi oh, Isles. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't considered what that. What are these? I don't know if there's something. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Do you think it's I, going this is to something be... I stopped looking up years ago. I think it's going to be explained. This feels like one of the things that are oh, getting yeah. explained. The pieces are scattered to the wind, and we don't yet have Stormlight secret history. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Almost talked out of my miscellaneous points. I have a couple more, but I'll allow, since I've thrown the last few forward, I'll want you two to toss something at us. Uh, I don't have any other than the Irie, which I definitely want to talk about um, because we don't know their plans. Uh, like, what their plans are and the relations that they're here. Ayla Noe. What is going on with her, considering there's a lake named after her in, uh, I think, in Elantris, the original. So, how old is this one? I just love how easily Kelsier is able to play with them as well, despite despite the fact that they're supposed to be so wise. <laughs> he just, on the fly, comes up with a con that completely obliterates everything they have planned. <laughs> like Serenian, and it's spelled the same way in both things. Yeah. Like Elonoe. Elonoe? Something about those vowels being Elonoe. Yeah. Oh my god, Ionic pronunciation. I try my best, but yep. it's hard sometimes. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. Hey, there were, there were Elantrians before the fall of Elantris, and they didn't die. A lot of them persisted as just, you know... Uh, uh, I forget the name of them. The Hoeid. Like, how did they do it? Because they're around from before the fall, but it seems they had the door working perfectly before. The way that Rayodin is at the end of Elaine, she's like, how do they do this? What did they separate? Why did they separate? Mm -hmm. uh, why do they want to they get can... preservation? And what are they interested in preserving? It would make no sense to use that to fix a Celish sub Astral. Yeah. Which is the, uh, the only theory I can come up with right now. Like, what is this orb Kelsier steals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's full of some sort of liquid energy of some sort that connects him to everything And I swear, him. if it's someone just, asks mm. him and he says... It's exactly what you think it is. I will get mad. Because that was definitely not the case with Gavilar's fears. Yeah. What no. an answer I answered to give. <laughs> I, would, I wondered that there, there had to be ancient Elantrians among the Hoid in Elantris during those 10 years of torture that those people went through. And so after, after Rayodin, you know, solved the, the riddle and he, and he returned, he restored Elantris um, to its former glory there had to be hoeweed standing up at some point going wow that was that was quite the trip but hey let's get on with our supreme knowledge because i've been here for hundreds to thousands of years oh yeah hmm. when you think about it 10 years of the the curse uh, was it the shaod um yeah yeah 10 years yeah. is like it's nothing a snap of a finger is yeah i mean really it sucks when you're tortured sure. for 10 years i'm sure no, Rel yeah. it's relative there but at the same time yeah i mean huh I just, I want to know how old Elonoe is, mm -hmm. in particular. What do they know about Threnody and how Threnody works? Because Threnody is a weird planet. It is a site mm. where ambition was splintered and the yeah. scar in the spiritual realm. And Odium and Mercy were involved in that. Cognitive shadows manifest there differently than they do anywhere else. And apparently it's much easier to become a cognitive shadow on Threnody. Oh, is it? Oh, I guess it makes sense for all the shades that are there. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I mean... A yeah. shade will eat you, and you become one. What is it about so... the wounding of ambition that did that? Mm. And how per perpendicularities work yeah. there, we have no idea. Because there isn't one stable one, apparently. There's some certain conditions. There's a theory that it has to do with groups of shades and how those create them. I don't know. Threnody is a weird planet that I really want to see more of it. Oh, it's the spookiest, right? Hands down? Yes, it is the spookiest. I really, really want Brandon to write the Night Brigade, particularly after that wob. 
Yeah. <laughs> which one? Which one? In the Secret Project 4 stream, he said that apparently oh. the Niger Brigade is inspired by the Black Company, and I tried to get more information oh. regarding that because he went the generic route. I. That's a wop that it's inspired on the Black Company. On La Compañía Negra. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting day, and I went crazy. Spanish, yeah. uh, the first thing I did when Brandon said Black Company was go to the Legendary Discord and tag Joe. Brandon said that this has to do with TBC. I'll get the timestamp. But I'm very interested in conversation. Drew McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell him to record his reaction. He's know, he probably knows already. Damn. Uh, that would have been yeah. a very much end of Words of Radiance reaction. Mm-hmm. Secret Project 4? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just his level of excitement upon hearing Sanderson say, oh, that in particular. I would have loved to see his reaction to that. I have my theories of how that could go based on plot events of TBC, where the parallels could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so I'm very excited for Brandon to write the Night Brigade. And oh, yeah. it's funny because the first uh, time we'd heard about it, we thought Brandon was talking about the Dust Brigade. Turns yeah, out it's the my first Dust time I'm hearing Brigade. It, it was transcribed. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about that book and I hope Brandon can write it. Oh, so many. I mean, I'm checking my marks in here about the the part. the My marks that are about the Threnody parts of Secret History and just... Well, not to Threnody, to the discussions that the people from the Iyer have about Threnody. Oh. What about uh, Ilana's notes? You said you had access to Ilana's thoughts there. Is there anything that she had particularly noted as wanting to bring up that you think we haven't uh, brought up yet? Because we are missing her today, of course. Uh, anything that she had bolded, perhaps? Uh, not that we haven't discussed other than the writing style. The only thing was Spook. But I want to finish talking about the Irene, then we can talk about the ending with Spook. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's that's perfect. That's kind of like my last miscellaneous theory point. So we could transition straight into that if you'd like. I'm wondering. I was just wondering if Alf had found anything else on Threnody. Oh, um, just that. Um, there's a, a mark that I have in here about one of the ancient Elantrians saying, "My foresight does not seem so foolish now, does it, Captain? I mean, you can even smell the sass of that." comment <laughs> but the yeah. foresight hmm i mean that's it, not capitalized right no it's not but fortune is at some point yes but that's uh, mm. a little bit a few pages after this thing that i'm reading because i mean after saying this thing about my foresight does not seem so foolish now does it captain it says the powers of threnody wish to join the main stage yes i forgot about that hmm oh the powers of Renody wish to join because when they felt like they had like some sort of alarm system or a, a radar or something and they felt Kelsier and they, they were like, oh, it's the people from Renody or the cognitive chase or the chase or blah, and they went all freaked out about something from Renody. And now they say this. A guard. Yeah, so somebody saw him, I believe. Oh, yeah, and then they saw him. But first, when they felt his presence, they were like, it's a shade. I'm wondering, could those statues and the way they were described mean it's a triple border between Trinity, Scadrial, and Cell? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, because they make special emphasis on Trinity. They mentioned they trust their forces on the Trinidadite border. There were no shadows there. Yeah, yeah, that guy was explaining why he was doubting Ayla Noe's insistence that they have to protect themselves from the shades or bring this Trinidadite detection device with them mm-hmm. 
And he was like, well, yeah, I just, it's not because I doubt you. It's because I have so much trust in my forces on that border. Do we want to talk about so. Spook hmm. and the epilogue to Secret History? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that half dream, but it was really quick. It was just like, yeah, uh, I just want, like, because he calls it a half dream when he's talking, when he's communicating with Spook. And I wonder, is this related in some way to the, what's going on between the Stormfather and Dalinar? And there's this connection there and they create this vision together. And so at least the Stormfather creates it in that way. So I was just wondering if the, if the mechanics are related there. But you were talking about the epilogue specifically. Yes. And all of the horrific implications therein. Yeah, I'm so uncomfortable by that. I don't know. Yeah, I think we all are. And we know what happens to Spook's notebook in Era 2. Marasi has it because Marsh mm. gave it to her. And the things in that book are quite disturbing. Yes. Quite sus. Or more than sus. They are just horrific, yeah. We know that Kelsier somehow got a hold of the spike and found himself a body somehow, but can't leave Scadriel. Yes. Spook's body. I'm so on board with that. Yeah, Spook's body. Maybe. I mean, let's make that theory, that crack theory, even worse. What if it was not Spook saying, take it, take it, Kelsier, it's okay. And Kelsier saying, no, no, don't give it to me. What if it was like, give it to me, child. And Spook being like, D -d don't. No, Kelsier. Or even... I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. I don't want to go, Mr. Kelsier. What if, what, oh, God, no. And Kelsier being like, give yeah. it to me. <laughs> or even worse, if it was like a like a darker kind of turn where Spook is just wanting to enjoy his last, say, 40 years. He's 60 years old. He wants to enjoy his last little while. And Kelsier stick around going, yep, getting real bored of this Sylvastral. Man, that beyond is really starting to sound good right now, isn't it? Hmm. Mm. Out loud. You'd think Kelsier... Mm -hmm. uh, by the time of Rhythm of War, he can't leave Scadriel. We know yes. that. He's anchored into that. And because of that, he's looking for a way out. A way to travel. Mm -hmm. I just hope he didn't just fall to manipulating that out of spook. I'm rather scared. Than it actually happening. I hope yeah. he didn't yeah. went with like the strategy of the... What were these guys called? Um, the Fuse. I, I hope he didn't went like Ulim with Bentley's friends and the Fuse, who was like, oh yeah, standing here, you're just going to experiment a change. Are we going to be safe, oh. Mr. Spren? And Ulim no. like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You will be safe on the other side. Boom, dead. <laughs> Stolen body. Hey, Spook, look into this spike. Pow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I thought he would do that, but I kind of want to see how he would. I hope he <laughs> that didn't would be so him. underwhelming. I hope he didn't steal the body, I really do. To Alana's point, the two of us weren't fans of the way he treated Spook at the end. Let the kid rest. Uh -huh. In his weird way, Ilana he may would feel be some horrified sort of about this theory and this yeah. funny joke that you made about the hey, look into this spike, there's a secret on the on the pointy <laughs> end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, I don't know. She would be horrified. That is a that is rather a funny image to consider, as horrifying as it is. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. With Dark humor. Kelsier, it, it could be, it could be any one of these things, and I'm just really hoping it's not one of the depressing okay. ones. Yes. I am hoping we find out more in the Lost Metal because there is an implication that the ghost bloods are involved in the blurb. Oh dear, I think we will not find out about this at all. I think that we will find out about Trail in the Lost Metal, but these are. All secret history to shenanigans. Yeah. Maybe the specifics I mean, are secret history to shenanigans, but I definitely think the ghost bloods are involved. Maybe their origins. Yeah. Maybe their origins. Maybe. Yes. 
yeah, I've already said I think there's going to be, I just want to see, like, other magic systems involved in the Lost Metal, and to see others, just to see the, the confusion from Wax's point of view, or from Morassi's point of view, or even from Wayne's point of view, as other magic systems, the dramatic irony of us recognizing this particular surge binding, or that particular yeah. and I want uh, to awakening, read. when they don't. I want yeah. to read Sterry saying, yep, this is number 178 on my list of weird <laughs> stuff happening. Yeah. And everyone being like, Alien invasion. really? And she like, yeah, you guys told me that this was completely impossible and not realistic at all. There you have it. Another magic mm. system. Yeah, so I have a couple of listener questions. We've covered some of them already in conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. SJ Sharks 93 from the 17th Shards says, what expectations do you have for Secret History 2? Oh, the I don't want to go Mr. Kelsier moment. That's my one, my expectation. No. I can see it just being like a like a, a reflection, not a reflection, but just an explanation of Spook's life as he's yes trying to uh, yeah trying to ascend to the, the the person that he thinks he needs to be and to become the Lord Mistborn. I think it'll deal a lot with Spook's okay, yeah. becoming the Lord Mistborn and putting up with that corruption slash influence from Kelsier, who's constantly nudging him from the the cognitive right. realm that. Yeah, because guys, yeah. can we dim, can we dimension how how bad it is that Spook and Kelsier as well they are referring to themselves as the Lord of something because that goes against the very thing they were opposing this regime of nobility and aristocrat people and nobles and I mean the Lord of Scars. I I really want that to be a thing that Kelsier like had to get along with or adopt but i don't want that to be something that he created and i think that it will be something that he created because of the lord ruler stuff that we see in era era two so that is dangerous that is very bad lord mm -hmm. spook lord kelsier lord ruler lord of scars yeah danger red flags yeah kip tan from the legendarium asked what's up kip yeah, hello there, friend. Kip Dan always has good questions. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, a cheers to that. He asked, what's the thing you found most illuminating about the cognitive realm in this book? Oh, illuminating. Let's, how <laughs> how are we going to, what, what are we interpreting of the word illuminating in this context? Yeah, the sun would be my answer because I've answered my own question about <laughs> whether each sub-astral has its own sun. So I yeah. can just take the cheeky route out and say, yeah, that would be the most illuminating thing. Or, that I read. <laughs> I am very interested in seeing the cognitive realm and other Sebastrals. Yeah. And comparing them because we know a lot about Shades more. Well, in comparison to the others, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to see what the expanse of the broken sky looks like. Yeah. Well, actually, that would. Well, oh, it I don't know. It has it's, to be Taldane. Yeah. Right? If not, what else would the name? Exactly. Mean? Well, how would right. it manifest there? Yeah. The expanse of the densities. Oh boy, that would be a nightmare. Mm. That all that power checking on or unchecked, I should say. This hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I am trying to remember if I read um, Oathringer before or after Secret History. I think I read it before because I remember that I, I got my book depository copy from Oathringer and I was binging into that as soon as I could. And I got, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I read Oathringer before Secret History. And what I remember that was very illuminating in the sense of shedding light into something that I didn't understand was the connection, the concept of connection. Because you see a lot of connection 
thing is happening at the end of Old Ringer with Dalinar. And I saw the capital C and I was like, oh, what is this concept? Is this a surge? This is not a surge, this connection, a shard. <laughs> no, it was not a shard. Yeah. And here I understood what, well, I mean, that was a lot to say. I, I did not understand, I do not understand fully what connection is, but I got a better idea of that. And there are many things like fortune is mentioning here, connection, intent, a lot of, there's a lot of that, like light shed into those concepts. And I think it's very illustrative. Yeah. Very old to understand what these concepts are. Leaves me with questions though. More questions though. Yeah. About geometry, for example, like Kelsier, Kelsier ends up leaving the continent behind and he just walks in a straight line, but he doesn't round the planet and end up on the east coast of that continent again. Mm -hmm. He ends up leaving the planet, which is a completely different Yeah, that's the wonderful thing. abstraction of the cognitive realm being plain, being two-dimensional. Exactly. There's this wob where Brandon talks about it. That's from the Reddit Q&A he did recently. So... Uh, Dr. JP69 oh. asked, I have a question about Shadesmar. Is the cognitive realm round? How are land masses projected there? Could I walk in a straight line and end up where I started, or would I end up in another place entirely? Brandon answered, if you walk in a straight line, you're going to mostly follow the land mass on the other side, with some weird space-time deviations in places. You would not ever end up where you started, though, which is one of the things that is most disjointed about the experience. I realize that's very strange and it's something I'll delve in into in the stories eventually. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's then you have to imagine or you have to try to grasp the concept of an abstract infinite to plane. Sorry, a two dimensional plane space. And you have to imagine that you can walk, walk from any point to another and never like turn completely around and arrive at the same place. So it stretches out now, forever. Forgive me, I, my, my math isn't strong enough. I, I'm just asking, a, this is bringing to mind, if I'm not mistaken, geodesics is the term I want to use. Oh, but geodesico. Ge geodesics, I mean, you have Euclidean and geodesic geometry, if I remember my geometry right. And if you are walk, if you're talking about an Euclidean space, the shorter distance to cover to go from one point to another is a straight line but if you are in a mm -hmm. geodesic trajectory the the line that you have to describe between two points is not straight it's curved that's why when you draw oh it's the plane thing the planes that's right right right, right. Yeah. and the manifestation or the representation of other dimensions inside like when yeah. the, that's the the geodesic trajectory would be to stay on a tri Oh, sorry, on a straight line, but describing a curved trajectory. Yeah. That's because the space okay. that contains the trajectory right, you are walking through the space curved. time, mm -hmm. but the space time itself is. Yes. So if I'm getting it right, it's like how planes travel on certain lines that wouldn't make sense on a map, mm -hmm. but would on a globe. Yeah. That's the very thing that happens. Yeah, that's the thing that happens with planes. Actually, when you see like the funny cartoons about the the direct directions that you have to take when you go from one country to another in a plane, they are always curved lines and not like a straight line because yeah. you have to take the geodesic trajectory through the planet Earth, which is a sphere, Yeah, kind of. 
Yeah, I just learned recently why the Canadian Forces has one of their, their 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 stations so far up to the north in what's called CFS Alert, and that's because in case of a potential Russian nuke, they're not going to be shooting as most people think over you know uh, over across the seas. They're going to be shooting over the Arctic oh, Circle of because it's a much shorter line sense. to reach larger targets, right? Oh, scary, but makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize in Sweet. advance if I said anything uh, wrong about geometrics and the planes and whatever. Well, but you know I, more than I do. So I, I was, mean, you, you, you answered my question. My politic is that I always say what I think because I have read it somewhere, but I could be wrong because I could have a low memory or something. Or I could have misunderstood. But uh, in general, yeah, one has to trust uh, our own memories. <laughs> yeah, a tip of the hat because I'm trying to... It, it, just imagine attempting to explain such a complex mathematical concept in a language that's not even my first language. So, eh. I will bow right there. <laughs> Very nicely done. So, Dalton Child from the 17th Shard gave me similar questions. Yes. So, I summarized it as, has Kelsker possibly lost the ability to use his powers and the implications for the bands? Does he still have allomancy? Uh, how the ferrochemy from the bands works? How do those things work when he gets a body? Is it hemallergy? I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> I think he did lose the ability to use his powers, but I don't want to think about that because that's so sad. I think once he takes over Spook's body, clearly takes over Spook's body, he'll get those because of yes. the allergic spikes there. If he gets, point. if he gets Spook's body, if he gets a body of an Alamancer, I think he could probably, or if he gets a body, he could gain abilities using hemallurgic spikes. But I don't think that his own abilities, he's got them anymore. I don't think so. Right, yeah, I, th I agree. Sad. I like that. Uh, could it be something of only the cognitive realm? Because you have the radiance, and their powers don't work very well in the cognitive realm. They don't work normally. Both Kaladin and Shallan have trouble in Oathbringer. They try to use their powers, and they don't work. So could it be because he doesn't have access to Alamancy uh, in the cognitive realm, and once he's connected to the physical again and is in the physical, he might be able to use it again? They? The thing is, huh. I think that the I don't recall them having trouble. Alomantic powers are linked to the biological body because to in order to use the power, you have to ingest and metabolize the metal. So it's not the same as with the... First of all, the... There's also spiritual DNA. Uh, yeah, what is hmm, the distinction between SDNA and spirit web? Yeah, yeah, that's hard. But I mean, Kelsier, first of all, Kelsier is dead. His body, he's not like in a in a body that's alive, he's not walking the cognitive realm in an alive body, he's dead. So that's the first thing. But apart from that, even, even leaving that distinction aside, he needs to have a body that has the biological ability to turn the metals into power. And mm. I mean, I'm trying to think because it gets, it gets fuzzy in my head, the distinction between the piece of 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 Leras that you have inside of yourself when you are a human from Skadrial and the ability of using Alamancy, is that like a gene? Is that like a um, spirit thing? Is that a mixture of both? Um, what do you need? Do you need a body that has a tiny spark of preservation or do you need a body with a certain set of genes and genetical codes that can turn the metal into forces like chemically i mean even if we know a lot of how alamancy work this is a great mystery well 
Yeah, hemology works across the entirety of the Cosmere, so I'd imagine just ripping out that part of someone's spirit web, if you can, uh, you know, grab it, for lack of a better term, it would work in anybody. So yes. I can see it working in other bodies. I don't even know if it would have to be a Scadrian body that Kelsier eventually takes over. It would probably, just for convenience, it would probably be, but I don't think you know, by the laws that we know it would have to be. You know, I think I have figured out an a, a possible explanation. Like, you have a matter, and matter is made up of chemical substances, molecules, atoms in the cosmere, and then you have the spiritual things, the spiritual webs. I think that spiritual webs are in this context, the thing or the driving force that tells the matter how it has to interact with itself and how it has to react to certain responses, how it has to respond to certain um, stimulus. So um, what I am, what I'm leaning to think is that it's not so much a genetic thing the ability to use the powers, but it's more like a thing that you have in your spiritual web that tells your body to do the things, that tells your body to unlock this certain stimulus mm. that will develop a consequence that is this response. And this response is the use of a metal in an allomantic way. So yeah, I'm I'm saying this because if you if you we know that it's canon that you can take the power to use some an allomantic metal with a spike, and we know that spikes were connected with the spiritual web, then probably the spiritual thing that you steal with the spike is what tells your body what to do with this stimulus that is a metal with the right percentage of each metal. That right, it has. the correct alloy, yeah. The alloy, exactly. Was that the uh, last, you said that was the last listener question? Yeah. Um, do we have anything, anything else from Ilana? Uh, one last oh. thing she said is that she hated how he refused to go to mayor and that it wasn't that he wasn't egotistical before, but he had a Aww. goal and people to keep him grounded and that now he's out of control. Yeah, sometimes, it was that he, he yeah. Sometimes people, we are not ready to give up stuff in order to pursue love and we need our time. Yeah, I mean, originally I think it was his dedication, his love for mayor's dream and mayor's vision. Mm-hmm. Than, uh, more so than just his want to be with her. But that is absolutely not an excuse going forward here now. No, They're no. Not even close. He's achieved that. It's not, <laughs> so a, it's not an excuse. That. I think this is a mixture of him being, just as Ilana said, egocentric was the word. Um, yep, that's it. That's exactly what I think it is. I egocentric. Her, and it's also, it's a mixture of that and a mixture of him needing to attain some inner peace in his spiritual heart. Because he doesn't have a physical heart, but in his spiritual heart which he doesn't have that piece yet. And the mixture of that ambition, that unease of his heart and his egocentric nature, that's the thing that being sees with her mighty expanded wisdom that makes her say, you still have a lot to learn about love. I don't know. I think that also another plan or a potential, this is a theory of mine, but a, a potential driving force in Kelsier's character could be somehow related to his wife, to Mare. I mean, sorry, I yeah. call her Mare, um, but I don't know if you say Mare, Mare, yeah. or what. I'm just going to yeah, say his but... wife. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he falls into the cliche of I want to bring her back and enjoy a flower with her I want to give her a bouquet of flowers 
and I want her to be alive. Maybe. I mean, it's a cliche, but I think that if someone can pull a cliche in a nice way, that's Brandon. So maybe he wants to create a cognitive shadow of her. He wants to bring her back and say, hey, look. Uh, that's hard because of the whole beyond yeah. thing. But then again, says it implies that he could do it with Vin and Ellen if he had more knowledge or if they wanted to. So it's not impossible. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't have thought. it doesn't have to be possible. It only has to be something that Kelsier wants, something that is Plausible, driving Kelsier yeah. to do whatever he's doing with the ghost blood and with the cosmere and with the knowledge and with the items and with everything. It might be that he wants to do it as impossible as it is, so he tries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or he just needs the heist. It he sounds needs to be working for something. Yeah, it's impossible enough that he might be very interested in doing that. Okay, so if we don't have anything else to add. Yeah, I think we're... No, I we're just wanted to say, I I wanted to say, like, this this novel, as I briefly mentioned, it just, it just has inspired me so much. I mean, mm. Brandon's been very public about the care he takes with trying not to distract us with the hidden narrative over much. He works to make sure that each of his novels stands alone, or at least, you know, a part of an accessible whole. Yes. Um... And I've also remarked, I think, on this very podcast in the, in the past about how Brandon seems to contend to let the larger, more ambitious volumes tackle their own kind of self-contained stories, while the shorter ones, particularly with Era 2 and the Stormlight novellas, these are the ones that handle the larger Cosmere-wide, you know, implications, revelations. Its secret history is everything about that. It's the most emblematic of that. It's such an appropriate name for the story. It's presented a lot like the metals themselves that play such an important part of this magic system in this on this world like brandon is gathering all the secrets that are sprinkled wide by his hand he processes them he purifies them and he casts them into this mold that is the front and back covers of this book here and we're still sitting here in the cognitive realm in this uh, analogy that's our own imagination blinded by this sort of overwhelming radiance that is just this collection this concentration of these secrets so that's my extremely super, uh, superfluous overall opinion of this book. Despite its disjointed nature, which I keep seeing uh, people complaining about for some reason, I love it. I think it's perfect. It's exactly what it needs to be. Wow, what a wonderful way to express that. Your, the, Thank you. The use of words that you have just managed, it was just freaking awesome. I mean, <laughs> Thank you. I could only I could only express all of that that I I can share the feel the feeling with you. I could could have only said I really like it. It's great, and it was exciting to read. <laughs> it was mind blowing well, to thanks. me. Every I've been time waiting I for a long it. time to talk about secret history because oh, we yeah. haven't got there on almost two hundred oh, almost yeah. two hundred episodes of making aloud in Wow. I have no idea how you managed to do that considering I'm not. He's gonna do it without me. Yeah, that's how it's gonna work. Well, at least then you got to talk about it here. Yeah, I'll get to listen to it. So but I got like that's why I'm i I'm going super with language here, just because I need to get all of it out. So I won't be able to on making aloud. So. It was great. It was a great way to Thank you. To give a closing idea of the book. You can follow us and contact us through all our social media. Links as will be in the show notes, as always. Uh, join the Discord, and if you enjoy the show, please support us on Kofi and Patreon if you can, so we can keep improving. And we would love it if you would give us a five-star review and make sure to share the podcast with other Brandon Sanderson fans you know and anyone you want to introduce to the series. As we've definitely seen this episode, it's hard to try and explain this to someone new without overwhelming them. Uh, thanks for listening, and remember, journey before destination. Yes, goodbye. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.